And that's why even with a cap rate that is higher by 50, 75 basis points, some groups are still making the same offers in terms of, you know, they're still making high offers, very competitive, aggressive offers, because instead of getting, let's say, 7% cash on cash or 6%, they're okay with three or four. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman, broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts. And today, I want to talk to you about how the current economy is affecting real estate deal flow. This is a question we get a lot from our investors. When is the next deal coming? What do you see in terms of deal flow? And share with us what you see. And here it is. So we all know that right now the interest rates are going up and also rents are going up across the country. And I want to talk today, kind of focus on the deal flow side, what's happening with acquisitions. And so in terms of the deal flow specifically, you know, today I'm recording it September 19th, 2022, there has been a slowdown and we felt that I would say a few months ago since the Fed's they've declared their intention of increasing rates. And so a lot of sellers are actually, you know, they pulled their deal out of the market or they're hesitant in putting the deal in the market because they run a very quick calculation and they say, you know, if I put the deal in the market six months ago, three months ago, a year ago, I could have gotten millions of dollars more And it's very painful right now for some of them to still put the deal in the market and get less than what they could have gotten, you know, a few months ago. Now, some sellers don't have much choice because either their loan is due or the partnership is falling apart or they just want to move away from a certain market or a certain asset class. And so there's still deals out there, but it's definitely going down a bit. And in the market in general, there's some cyclicality there throughout the year. So around the end of October, November and December, January and a little bit of February, these are the winter months and a lot of sellers don't really put their deals in the market. They don't want to sell during the winter time. And so kind of this is a slowdown, technically not because it's winter and cold, 
but because it's the holiday season. So I would say start in November and December is the holiday season. January, everyone is coming back from traveling, you know, towards the end of the year. And so a lot of deals are kind of waiting. And during the second part of February, this is where we see the deal flow kind of increasing and we see more and more deals. But right now there's a bit of a slowdown in deal flow. Now, in terms of pricing, generally speaking, the pricing of multifamily has been stabilized, but occasionally we would see some deals that the prices are actually going down a bit. And that's because right now in the economy, because interest rates are increasing, there's still inflation going on. And so cap rates have increased. And so when cap rates increase, then real estate prices go down. Now, I think that there was some expectations that as cap rates increase, all prices should go down. But instead, a lot of buyers have adjusted their expectations in terms of what the yields that they're expecting to see from deals. And that's why even with a cap rate that is higher by 50, 75 basis points, some groups are still making the same offers in terms of, you know, they're still making high offers, very competitive, aggressive offers, because instead of getting, let's say, 7% cash on cash or 6%, they're okay with three or four. And I'm going to talk about adjusting expectations in a bit. And so in terms of pricing, for the most part, it's stable. And again, it's related to the deal flow because there's a slowdown. And especially now, you know, late September, a lot of groups kind of, they sense the end of the year, they know they need to deploy capital and they're willing to pay a premium in order to do that because they need to do it this year. And there's also, you know, there's not as many deals as they were, you know, three years ago. And so two years ago, we're still in the first year of COVID. And so there was a slowdown as well. And that's why prices haven't gone down as much as you would have expected. I do see more off-market deals. I think some sellers want to test the market out and see whether they can actually sell the deal the price that they want. And if not, then they're just going to quickly pull it you know, out of the market and put it back in the market when it's the right time. So we do see a pickup in the number of off-market deals, which is good. So, you know, what do you do when you understand that the economy is now in a state that it's affecting real estate deal flow? Prices are kind of stable. There's a slowdown in deal flow. What can you do to get more deals? And that's, you know, I'm sharing as a sponsor of multifamily properties. This is what I want to share with you. So what we do First and foremost, you know, we rely on brokers to bring us those relationships. So strengthening the broker relationships to make sure that we are getting the phone calls when there's a deal that are offered off market and that the brokers are doing a good job at promoting our brand and putting our group at the head of the stack and basically say, hey, we've transitioned with these guys. They're, you know, great buyers. We enjoyed working with them. And even if their offer is not the highest offer, you want to award the deals to them because you're more likely to close and they're a good group to work with. So we want to make sure that our reputation is intact, that our relationships with the brokers are very strong, as strong as we can have them. Because brokers are kind of the gatekeepers and they are the ones who are recommending to the seller which buyer to go with. Ultimately, it's the seller's decision, but they are very, very important piece of this whole process. 
Another way, as I mentioned before, to make sure that you keep getting, you know, your pipeline is still intact and there are enough deals flowing your way is to look more at off-market deals, whether it's through brokers or not. And so, if, you know, you have relationships with other owners, you can basically make sure that you tap into those relationships to make sure that if there's an off-market deal that you're one of the five, seven, four groups that they're calling to bid on the deal. Now, with everything that is happening today with interest rates increasing, it's becoming more interesting to win deals. And there's some adjustments that needs to be done in order to make sure that the slowdown in deal flow is not going to bring your deal flow to a complete halt. And so the one thing I would say, the main thing I would advise anyone to focus on is the tenant base, which is also a function of the location. You really want to buy an asset where the tenant base is strong, is solid, that they're going to keep paying, that delinquency and bad debt are not going to increase. And so usually my favorite tenant base is the medical and tech. And that's why, you know, we're looking into the research triangle in North Carolina, the Raleigh-Durham area. There's a lot of tech there and there's still, you know, a healthy delta between their income and the cost of living. So they're able to pay rents, they're able to pay premiums for nicer apartments. And, you know, in the environment where the, there's a slowdown in deal flow, you want to make sure that the deal that you are going to choose and be awarded, that the tenant base is as strong as you can have it. In terms of the financing, it's interesting because, you know, loan to value used to be, I would say, 65 to 75% up to maybe three to five months ago. And now we're talking about 50 to 60%. Maybe it could be 65%. And it's a very important piece of the puzzle because the lower the dollar amount that comes from the lender, the higher the dollar amount from equity, which means you have more equity that needs to get returns and that it's split in the pie, and that impacts returns. And so a key point here is to adjust expectations. Right now, most deals that we see in the market are paying 4 to 5% cash on cash. So that's the impact mainly on the debt side. Also, some assumptions when you underwrite a deal, I wouldn't recommend putting 20% rent increases or even 10 or 7%, even if this is what you get right now on other deals in the market, this can all end tomorrow. And so you always want to plan for the worst and hope for the best and basically adjusting expectations in the underwriting with the lower loan to value in the financing section, that basically impacts returns. And so as long as you invest with eyes wide open and you know, okay, 4 to 5% cash on cash is a reasonable expectation to class B, class A assets in strong markets, then you can still find deals that would work for you in many, many markets. And so just to recap how the current economy is affecting real estate deal flow, there has been a slowdown, prices that are stable, and we do see more off-market deals. And the main thing here is to adjust expectations. Returns are not what they were before. Part of it is because the loan to value is lower and you need more equity to close deals. And, you know, part of it also is 
the slowdown in deal flow is still being pretty much felt and, and that's what we're experiencing. And there's always or many times groups that are willing to overbid and they still keep the prices up. And when prices are up, obviously that impacts returns. And so just understanding the strength of multifamily as an asset class and also the other forces that are pushing against very high, you know, yields, if it's a financing and pricing, you know, coupled with increasing in expenses because of inflation, then you get a kind of a picture that is different than how things were six months ago. Is it still a very strong asset class to invest in? Absolutely. Is it recession bulletproof? There's no such thing, right? It's not, it's recession, maybe resistance. It's not recession proof. And so, but when you're adjusting your expectations and understanding that returns may not have been as high as they were before, but it's still solid. You know, when you sell the asset in three, four, five, six years, there's going to be a nice kind of bonus check at the end and other tax benefits. It still makes a great investment, but it's just something to think about when you're looking at an investment, understand all the different parts of it, the returns with the debt structure. And also, you know, as long as you invest in the right market with a very strong tenant base, you should do fine. This is all for today, guys. Be well, be strong, keep pushing forward. I'll see you in the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.